You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 11. Yeah! Episode 11. So, uh, this is a story I don't think I've really heard. And, um... You're just gonna start it off. Just gonna get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See where it goes from here. Let's do it. Um, actually, this is... it's, it's So, this is the disappearance of Bryce Las Pisa. Um... It has been nine years as of August 30th that he's been still missing. So that's why I wanted to do this. Um, my sister, my sister-in-law and my best friend actually sent this to me. And, and I was like, oh, wow, it's been nine years. So that's why I was like, I'm going to do an episode on it. Sweet. Why not? Yeah. So, And this is a little close to home for me because I actually grew up where his car was found. So, And we've been to this lake plenty of times, but we'll talk about that later. So let's get into it. So Bryce was born to Karen and Michael Las Pizza. On April 30th, 1994, in Springfield, Illinois. Um, so, growing up, his family described him as easy, with a charming manner, and he made friends very easily. He loved video games, he was very artistic, he loved art, especially painting and photography, and he was a cat lover. His parents were already retired, as they were an older couple, and they had uh, Bryce later on in their lives. So, Bryce had graduated from Naperville, Naperville? Not sure how to say that. From uh, that was his high school that he graduated from, and they decided to move to Laguna Niguel, California, which is located in Orange County, and where his parents would, uh, you know, just be closer to him to where his uh, college was. So, was it the college that he's attending would be closer to them? So that college was Sierra College, located in Rockland, California, which made it about a seven-hour drive from his parents' house. Um, at this college, he was studying graphic and industrial design. Friends and family said that his first year of college, it went great. He was really looking forward to go ba- going back to school for his second year after summer. And he was just really happy with his life. Everything seemed great. Um, his mother had spoken to him prior of, to starting school for his sophomore year, saying that, again, that he was normal. He was excited for school. He wanted to see his friends again. And, um, yeah, he was just ready for the year. So at this time, uh, Bryce was 19 years old, and like I said, he was starting his sophomore year, and it was August of 2013. He also had a girlfriend by the name of Kim Sly. I believe at this time it had been about five months that they were dating. So he was actually living in an apartment off campus with his roommate, Sean Dixon. And as school was about to start, Bryce actually started acting a little differently and not only did his girlfriend, Kim, notice this, but Sean also noticed it, his roommate. He was just acting weird. He started drinking a lot of, like, hard liquor, like, a lot. <laughs> and he also admitted to Kim that he was taking uh, medication called Vyvanse. Have you ever heard of that? I think so. Is that, yeah. like, a depression? It's like an ADHD medication. Oh, then, yeah. then no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an ADHD medication later. Um, you know, Sean is confirming that, yeah, Bryce was taking this, but it wasn't prescribed to him. He didn't need to take it. He just was taking it. So he's drinking a lot of hard liquor and he's taking this medication. Um, I looked it up because I didn't really hear by Vance before the story. Um, it works by altering a balance of chemicals in your brain and increasing norf- norfifrin. 
and dopamine levels. I don't know how to say that, but um, in case you didn't know, that first thing I said, the norfefrine, I think that's how you say it, is a stimulant. Norfefrine. Norfefrine. I don't know. I'm just. Norpinefrine. I don't know. N o r e p i n e p h r i n e. It is a stimulant, and the dopamine is a natural occurring substance that stimulates feelings and pleasure and reward. And I also read that this medication can last up to 14 hours. And the worst side effects that you can get from it are um, psychiatric problems such as anxiety, aggression, and mania. I heard and I actually read in one source that he took this drug to stay up just so he can play video games like all night, I guess. Oh, wow. That was just one thing. But um, like his roommate and stuff like that kind of said that it made him kind of like paranoid and skittish. So I don't know why he kept taking it, but... I guess he enjoyed it. Um, so one night, Sean and Bryce were alone in their apartment, just chilling. And Bryce just was like, Sean, I want to give you my Xbox. I just want to give it to you. And Sean's like, what the hell? Like, that's weird. And then he and then Bryce takes off his diamond earrings that his, I think his mother had actually given to him. And was like, here, I want you to have these too. And Sean was like, what the hell? Like, dude, these are expensive. Your mom gave them to you. And he was like, just, oh, I just want you to have my Xbox, my, my Xbox and my earrings. And Sean was really confused and... Uh, he even asked what was wrong with Bryce, and Bryce, uh, Bryce just replied that he was having a good time, and he loved drinking, he just wanted to have his, his friends to, you know, have his stuff for some reason, don't know why, but, yeah, he just said he was fine. So, not sure, I think, okay, so I also read in a source that at this time he wanted to break up with Kim, and I think he did it in a text message at first, and it's just saying that, you know, she's better off without him pretty much and she was like so confused because everything was like going great between them and everything on the same day which I believe was August 28th so on that same day his roommate Sean got a text from Bryce saying quote I love you bro seriously you are the best person I've ever met you saved my soul Sean replied quote I love you too man you have an amazing life full of love and blessings don't waste that you have too many people who love you Bryce so on the same night this is Apparently, I think after he had texted Kim that he wanted to break up with her and she's better off without him, he drove to her house, which was two hours from his apartment. And the two of them, yeah, like I was saying, they had no issues and she was just like taken back like why he was ending the relationship. So he got to her house and she was like, he's acting really weird. Kind of like the same way Sean was saying, he was just acting super weird. And she ended up taking his keys away from him. And she just didn't want him to, you know, drive anywhere. She was, like, really worried about him. At this time, okay, so they're, like, you know, he's breaking up with her. He's at the, their house. And Karen, Bryce's mother, is at home. And she gets a call from Sean. And she's like, you know, what's up? And he was like, I just want to let you know, Bryce is acting really weird and strange. I've never seen him like this before. I just want to give you a heads up, let you know, in case you need to call him, talk to him, figure out what's going on with him. And she's like, wow, like, thank you for calling me. I appreciate it. And, like, at the same time she's hanging up, Bryce is calling her. She, you know, she sees Bryce's number on her phone. She's like, that's weird. So she picks it up. But it's not Bryce. It's Kim. And Kim is saying the exact same thing that Sean is. Like, Bryce is acting super weird. I've just never seen him like this before. I took his keys away from him. I don't want him to drive. Yeah, so Karen's like, well, let me talk to him. I want to talk to my son. So Bryce gets on and he's just like, oh, she's overreacting. We, you know, I'm breaking up with her. She's just upset. It's just a messy breakup and stuff like that. And Karen even says that he sounded fine on the phone. He didn't sound like he was drunk or messed up or anything. So she was like really confused. And so she told Bryce, she was like, stay there, stay at Kim's house. I'm going to fly to you because they're, I think about seven hours away, like I was saying, or not maybe even nine hours now because that's two hours away from his house. 
So yeah, she's like, stay there. I'm going to fly to you. I don't want you going anywhere. And he was like, no, don't come out here. I don't want you out here. We have a lot to talk about. I have a lot of stuff I need to talk to you about. Please don't come out here. I just want to go home. I just want my keys. I just want to go home. His mom's like, what the hell? And so she, yeah, she's really worried. So then she ends up putting his dad, Michael, on the phone. And he's like, what's up, dude? Like, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I just want to go home. I want my keys. I want to go back to my apartment. And so his father believes him, thinks that he's safe enough to get in his car and drive home. And so, yeah, so he puts his Karen back on the phone, Bryce's mom. And and then and then Kim gets back on the phone. So they're talking to each other. And he's she's like, look, just give him back his keys. I just want him to get home safe. I just want him to be at his apartment. So she's like, OK. And so she gives him the keys and he takes off. And this is around 1130 that night on the 28th, I believe. Yes, on the 28th at 1130. He leaves Kim's house. Like briefly right after that, Karen calls him and was like, hey, like, are you on your way home? I want to make sure you're home or like at least on your way home, you know, like call me when you do, because I want to make sure that you're safe and you're safe at home. Yeah. So Bryce calls her about an hour, hour and a half later, um, I believe around 1 a.m., stating that he got home safe and he was fine. And he was going to go to sleep and they hung up. Karen was like, OK, my son's safe. Everything's fine. So, but uh, the next morning on the 29th of August, just 10 hours later, Karen actually received an automated message on her cell phone and it was from her insurance company, notifying her about uh, roadside assistance being used on their 2003 Toyota Highlander. This is um, the car that Bryce is driving and I'm assuming it's under his parents' names. That's why they called to let them know about the roadside assistance. His mom was really confused because she'd just gotten a call 10 hours prior that Bryce was home safe. So she was like, oh, maybe something happened on the way home that night. And he got it fixed and, you know, called her and said, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I got home safe. Maybe just he didn't ever mention anything about that. Maybe he woke up early that morning and something happened and needed help. So, you know, she was not trying to think of the worst possible scenario. So she calls Bryce, but there's no answer. So she's like, I'm going to call Sean, his roommate, to make sure that he's okay. She calls Sean. Sean picks up. She's like, hey, is, uh, can I talk to Bryce? And he's like, Bryce isn't here. And actually, he never even came home last night. And she's like, what the hell? Like, he just texted me at 1 a.m. that morning that he got home safe. So, you know, she hangs up. She's so confused. Bryce had a credit card from his parents that they paid for and everything. So, you know, they're like, let's look at his credit card statements, see if he used it at all, see where we can find out where he is, what happened. So sure enough, they find a statement from uh, or a transaction from a roadside assistance company in the town of Buttonwillow, California, which was about a four and a half hour drive from Sierra College. And this was off of Interstate 5. This roadside service shop was just a few hours from his parents' house. So Karen was under the impression that Brian was heading home to them. But for whatever reason, I don't know, he had car problems or something on the way there. So Karen actually calls this roadside service shop or whatever the name of it is. And a man named Christian answers. <clears throat> and Karen asks if they had seen Bryce, you know, explain like, hey, my son was there, explained what he looked like and everything. And they're like, yeah, we remember him. Bryce uh, had actually run out of gas and called for roadside assistance. And that was located at a rest stop in Buttonwillow. And he actually ran out of gas. This was like 9 a.m., I believe I said, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he had ran out of gas. So they gave him a little bit of gas. And Karen was like, well, did he actually like mention to you at all like where he was going? And he was like, no, I have no idea. You know, he's like, I have no idea where he was going. So, yeah. So Christian says, you know, it's been a couple hours. <laughs> Damn, God. This has to be right there. So Karen um, 
asks, you know, or yeah, it was like, you know, it's been a couple hours, but do you think you can go back to that rest stop and just maybe see if Bryce is there just by happen chance that he's still sitting there? So Christian's like, yeah, Christian's like, yeah, it's only like 15 minutes away. You know, I'll totally go check to see if he's there. They hang up. He makes a 15 minute drive to the rest stop. And sure enough, Bryce is in his car just sitting there a couple hours after. Wow. Yeah. Still sitting there. And Bryce notice, or I'm sorry, Christian notices Bryce just, he's literally just sitting in his car, just staring straight out of his windshield, just into nothingness. So Christian gets out, knocks on his window, you know, finally gets his attention and kind of like snaps out of it and rolls down his window. And he's like, dude, like your parents are really worried about you. They're like super worried about you. Like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I'm not doing anything. And he's like, well, you need to like call your parents and let them know what's, you know, what's going on. So Christian, I think he actually calls Karen and he was like, hey, your son's still here. He's fine. He's just sitting here. And he hands over the phone to Bryce. And Karen's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's been hours. You were supposed to be like on your way home. Why are you still sitting in the same spot? You've been there for hours. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm just I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. Just like no explanation, really, whatsoever. So he was like, please. She's like, you know, Karen's like, please go fill up your car with gas and come home. I just want you to come home. <laughs> like, what is taking so long? So Bryce is like, okay, I, I will go get gas and I will come home. So hands back, phone back over to Christian. Christian's like, yeah, it looks like he's about to leave. I'm going to go back to work. So Christian leaves, goes back to work. So also, if you're thinking about it, like Bryce probably hasn't slept in hours and hours and hours. Right. He's on this medication. I don't know if he's been drinking, but it doesn't seem like it from what everyone's saying. And yeah, it's just been hours that he's been driving to Button Willow and then sitting there for hours and all the stuff. So, yeah. So from where he was in Button Willow, it was another three hours to get to his parents' house in Laguna Niguel. So the, his parents were expecting him around 3 p.m. And it was like 3.30, still no Bryce. So she called him and there was no answer. And she didn't want to think the worst. So she thought, oh, maybe he just caught up in traffic or something like that. Something happened. So but it just got to her finally. And she made a missing persons report with the police. And they did, uh, the police, it's crazy how fast they did this, but they did like pings for his phone to find out where his phone was, if he was with his phone. And it was pinged um, just a few miles actually from the rest stop. And from where Christian had last seen him, it was just like a few miles from there. And this, you know, it had been a few hours again. So it was actually found in the middle of a hotel parking lot. Um, so it was, it was, I'm sorry, his phone was pinging in a hotel parking lot. So police went to the hotel and sure enough, there's his car in the middle of the parking lot and Bryce is inside. What the hell? Yeah. He's just sitting in his car, just, again, staring off into space, you know, just into nothingness and, and out his windshield, just staring there. And the police are like, what the hell? So they go up to him, knock on his door. He finally snaps out of it. And he rolls down the window and they're like, Hey dude, like your parents are worried about you. That's why we're here. Like, is everything Okay. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just waiting for. I heard one source he was waiting for friends. That's what he told the cops. Another one is that he was just not doing anything. He was just sitting there chilling, not doing anything. So they're like, dude, you need to like call your parents. And so the officer was like, take your phone out, <laughs> call your mom. I want to see you do that right now. And like the officer was like kind of stated that he was like really worried. He was like, he did not want to call his mom, it seemed like. But he did. He called his mom. And he was like, I'm fine. I'm safe. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you were just like, a couple miles away. Like, what? And this has like, been hours. Like, why aren't you home yet? And um, he was like, oh, I'm just, you know, again, it was like either I'm waiting for friends or I'm just I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. 
like I'll leave, I'll come home now. And the officer takes the phone and was like, look, he lo- he seems fine. He's very friendly. He's not, you know, behaving weirdly. There's no, you know, I don't see any drugs or alcohol. They actually did a field sobriety test on Bryce and he passed. They um, checked his car. They found no drugs, no alcohol. They didn't find anything. So that's why he was telling Karen or telling Karen. Yeah, like there's nothing in his car. He seems fine. He's friendly. Seems okay. So then, you know, they hang up and the cops like, look, reiterated, your parents are worried about you. Like, go home. Like, what is it taking so long? And so Bryce is like, okay, okay, like I'll go home. I promise. So the cops leave him there. They feel like he's safe enough you know, to, to make his way home. Yeah. So he was on his way home. So they thought, and yeah, this has been like nine hours since he like got gas. This has been around that, like that long when this drive should have been seven hours to begin with. (laughs) So he's just, yeah, it's been a really long time. So about an hour later, Karen just had a feeling that Bryce wasn't on his way home after all this and stuff like that. She was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Wouldn't you have that feeling like oh, my son's like been stopping and not doing anything? I got to make sure he's okay. So she actually calls Christian, the guy from the roadside assistance repair shop, whatever place was, and was like, hey, dude, like I'm worried about my son. Probably didn't say dude, but <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm worried about my son. Can you please go check on him? Because he's only a few miles away from that rest stop. So Christian's like, yeah, I'll totally go do that. So he hops in his car, makes his way to the hotel parking lot. What does he see? Bryce. Still. Sitting in his car. Still, still. there. Yes. Now, this is the third time he's seeing Christian. You know, this is the third time they're seeing each other in hours and hours and hours. So Christian, like, goes up to the, you know, the window. Bryce is still there. He knocks on the door and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, your parents are freaking out. It has been hours since we helped you with the gas and everything. Like, what are you doing? And he's... You know, states again, either I'm waiting for friends or I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make my way home. So Christian finally was like, look, I'm not leaving until you are on that freeway and I see you driving home. Like, what a fucking great guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's what he does. He was like, I'm going to I'm waiting here until you leave. So Bryce starts his car. They get on Highway 5 or Interstate 5. And I think he followed him for like a good hour, like a while. And he was like, okay, Bryce is on his way home. I feel good about this. Calls Karen, was like, hey, look, I made him get on the freeway. He is on his way home right now. And she was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He gets off the freeway and he goes back to Button Willow. Bryce is on his way home. So Karen calls him right after that and was like, look, I'm, I know you're on your way home. I just want to make sure that you're on your way home. I, I want to see landmarks. I want to hear streets, like all this stuff. And he was like, I don't know. I, I can't. It's really dark outside. Like, you know, it's late at this point. And he's like, I just can't see anything. It's too dark. And she's like, what? She's like really confused by that. Cause I mean, you're on a interstate. I mean, we've been on interstate five. I know you see something, you see mm-hmm. landmarks, you know where you are. Like, or at least my opinion. Um, yeah, so exits she, and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so he, she just gets nothing out of him. And by this type, time, I, th- I believe it's like 2 AM. And he was like, look, mom, I'm really tired. And she was like, just no <laughs> like come home like I just want you home and he was like it's, you know and then she's like well it's been probably what 24 hours he left Kim's at 1130 and supposedly was making his way back home and ended up in Win- Willow Button no Willow what was it Button Willow <laughs> Button Willow and um, so yeah it's been like 24 hours so she's like okay just pull on the side of the road take a nap but you must call me the minute you wake up so I know you're on your way home and he was like I promise I just need to get sleep so that way I can make this like what I think it was like a three-hour drive from where he was at to home 
So she's like, okay, just call me. Call me when you do that. But unfortunately, that would be the last time that she talks to her son. So on the morning of August 30th, 2013, this is six hours later after she had talked to her son at um, around 8 a.m., the doorbell rings and Karen's like, finally, oh my God, Bryce is home. Like it took him hours and hours and I'm finally going to see my son. She opens that door and it's uh, an officer and he states, um, he was like, Hey, do you guys own a 2003 Toyota Highlander? And she was like, yeah, that's my son's car. That's Bryce's car. He drives that car. And they're like, uh, you know, I hate to tell you this, but we found his car laying at the bottom of a 25 foot cliff near Castaic Lake, um, just a few hours prior to knocking on the door and this is halfway between button willow where he was coming from and laguna niguel where his parents lived and it was about a half an hour and a half drive i said three hours early but i think it was only an hour and a half drive um so yeah they found his car but bryce was nowhere around they didn't couldn't find him at all there's no signs of him um they did find investigators did find a couple of uh, drops of blood on the inside of the car but it seemed like there was no serious injuries. Like, they didn't find, like, puddles of blood or anything that seemed like he was seriously injured. Um, but they also found that the back window appeared to have been broken from the inside. Like, maybe he drove off the cliff and then he survived and then had to get out. And that was the only way to get out was the back window. So it appeared that it was smashed from the inside. Um, also, I found different information about his belongings. Some things said it was all of it was inside the car. Some of it said half of things were outside, half things were inside. So either way, um, there was still his laptop, his phone, his wallet, and a duffel bag left there. So he didn't take anything with him. It seemed like he just, to me, it seems like he just walked off. He got out of the car and just left everything. Yeah. I don't know if he had some crazy brain injury and I don't know. There's so many different theories we can get to about that. But um, they did also conclude that after the investigation of the car that Bryce or whoever was driving it really uh, accelerated before flying off that cliff like oh, they man. intentionally did it yeah so investigators and police uh believe that it was a failed attempt a suicide attempt but his parents were like no Bryce would never do that they do they just do not believe it that at all um they did huge searches of the mountains over there they also did had divers and sonar technology in the lake looking for him. Um, on the ninth day of searching, they actually brought out bloodhound dogs to search, and they did pick up his scent from the crash site to, um, like, over to the lake. And then, you know that, we've been there a million times, you know the dam, like, kind of yeah. separates the upper and lower lake. It when they took, the dogs took them over that dam, over to, like, some access road. And then it took, and then the dog took him to a truck stop. Oh, wow. And then the scent just stopped. stopped. Yeah. So that was one dog. They actually had another dog, and the other dog they did the exact same thing and stopped at the truck, tu- truck stop. Mm. Yeah. So. Did he get on a truck? That's what I'm kind of wondering. That's a big thing I've always wondered. Could you ride like, with the trucker? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, did he know who he was? Was he just out of it? Like, I'm just like, there's so many different like you know theories or thoughts of what happened you know to Bryce but yeah he's still been missing to this day and nobody knows where he is they've done a bunch of searches they had you know parents paid for investigators and yeah still missing but um they actually had a bunch of tips of of uh, people that looked like him that, that you know they thought was him but they haven't come across anything and they actually there's crazy they found some guy or some person um came in with a tip 
about this man and they actually found him and it looks exactly like Bryce. It's insane, but it's not, it wasn't him, but it could literally be like his twin. It's crazy how much he looks like him. And, um, on September 4th, 2013, they did find a body over there, but DNA confirmed that it wasn't Bryce. Okay. That's kind of like, that's crazy. I wonder if it was around Castaic yeah. or in those mountains or what. Like, I didn't read anything more about it, but. So Bryce has, if he's still alive, hopefully he's out there somewhere. He has red hair. Um, he has like blue green eyes. He's 5'11", weighing 160 to 170 pounds. He has a tattoo on his upper left arm of a Taurus bullhead and his birthday written in Roman numerals. He has pierced ears and was last seen wearing a blue and white checker shirt, white cargo pants, and red and white Nike shoes. Um, he actually still has an Instagram. It's still up. And there's pictures of like him and his, or I think it's just a picture of his cat. And uh, him holding up like an X, Xbox game. And yeah, and there's like a little comment talking about like his little username or whatever. So it's like he really loved video games. So that's why it's so weird that he gave his xbox to his friend it seemed like weird about brand, that brand everything's new. weird about that yeah giving away his things it looks like he's, he was getting ready to leave yeah right that's kind of where i'm i'm standing like i feel like he i don't know i feel like this i don't know the medication he was taking or just a combination of school drinking this medication he just something he was depressed or something was going through his mind all those times he was just sitting in those parking lots sitting exactly. at you know the yeah. truck stop or whatever was he really thinking about hurting himself or Disappearing, what to do, breaking up with his girlfriend, or just going crazy in his own head. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Mm-hmm. Acting He's different. Something could have happened. Yeah, yeah. So um, at Sierra College and Castaic Lake, they held vigils. Kim held it at the college, I believe, and his parents at Castaic. Uh, they held a candlelight vigil on Monday, September 30th, 2013. And they also did a six-month vigil held on February 28th, 2014 at Castaic Lake. Um, I'm going to post a picture of, like, kind of like the route that he took from, but, or I'm sorry, from his college in Sierra, I'm sorry, from Sierra College to Button Willow to Laguna Niguel and, like, show where Castaic Lake is. I'll probably even show a picture of, like, the crash site. I think they have one. Um... But there is also a Facebook page called Find Bryce Lapisa. So I recommend checking that out because there's a lot of information on there too. So yeah, it's been nine years since August 30th of this year that he's been missing. So Damn. I know it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is why it hit home because I, I grew up in Santa Clarita. We've been to Castaic like I fish that lake so handf- much. Like not even a handful, millions of times to fish. Yeah. We have pictures all over our house of us <laughs> fishing at Castaic Lake, but. Yeah, I just hit home. I was just like, it's so crazy. I think about that every time we went there. And like, there's even like a car. Like, remember that one time there's that old car on the mm-hmm. side of the hill? And it was just like, I immediately thought, you know, obviously yeah. they found his car. But it was just like, I always think about him. So yeah, it's really sad. And I hope, you know, they find him eventually. Yeah. I hope he's, I hope he's alive. But it seems, yeah. I mean, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Please. I have a Facebook um group that I have going in Grissom and the Natural on Instagram. You can, we can talk about it. I just want to hear everyone's thoughts. I'm so like curious. So yeah, hit me up on any of the socials, socials, <laughs> rate and review this fun little podcast. If you like it, we enjoy doing it. And we um, love that you guys are listening and everything. So That's do you have any cool. more thoughts about what happened or anything about him? It's just a crazy story. Yeah. It's, I'm it's just, just dying to know super, what happened. Super weird. I mean, yeah. It reminds me of uh, Into the Wild, that one movie where he just kind of like ditches his whole life, burns his money, his license and everything, and just goes off and lives in the wild. What? I want to yeah, see this. That's, that's a good movie. <laughs> I, don't a think book. I think it was based on a true story. Really? But um, 
It kind of reminds me of that, if that was the case. But who knows? Yeah. It could have been so many different things, like medication and all that. But it's just yeah. really sad that he's gone missing that long, and there's people out there that love him and want to find him and mm-hmm. find out at least what happened. Yeah, and he's the only child, it's just you know, nothing. to them. So, yeah. You know, so, yeah. That's, that's the shitty part of it all. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. Until the next episode. Be safe and stay aware.